1: Welcome in, everybody, to 4 Down Territory. I am Kyle Madsen, the managing editor of NinersWire.com with the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me, as always, Doug Ferrar, the managing editor of the Touchdown Wire. Doug, how we doing, man? What's up? You know, just... Week
0: 11 is, week 11 is coming up. It's it's flying by, Kyle.
1: I don't know what to it's do. unbelievable how that happens. It just, it sneaks up on you, and then next thing you know, it's gone. So... Week 10 was fascinating. A lot of fun games and NFL record yes. for game winning field goals on the last play of regulation with, I think five, five, uh, including one up there. I think they were all in the
0: early slate. It was really weird.
1: Ron, Can I run Rivera? Not going for two at the end of the Seahawks commanders game. Really, really got me. That was annoying. Go for the two, man. What are we, what are we doing?
0: Anyway, he and Frank Reich should start a support group,
1: <laughs> just the conservative coaches support group.
0: Yeah. No, and he was supposed to be riverboat Ron and like his riverboat sank and could no, like just pull it up and just
1: yeah. hanging on to a life vest Ron, I guess. All right. I don't know. Let's let's get to first down here. So this is uh, I I love narratives and stories in each season. I know you do, too. That's why we do this job. And in 2022, the Minnesota Vikings were one of the stories of the year as kind of the kings of good luck. So mm-hmm. they won a record 11 one-score games, and they lost in each of their three losses by at least 11 points in each game. Yeah. So uh, this made them you know, regression candidates in 2023, and I think we're seeing that a little bit. This season, yeah, by the
0: way, they're five and zero without Justin Jefferson, though. They're the weirdest team ever.
1: They're so fascinating, and Josh Jobs is yeah. unbelievable. What a what a player! But yeah. this season, the Steelers are the ones at the tip of the good luck spear. They've been <laughs> outgained in every single one of their nine games. Outgained in every out-gained. single one of their nine games, but they're somehow six and three. So, mm-hmm. is there any fire behind that statistical smoke, or should the Steelers not be taken seriously at all? Kind of the same way we didn't really ever take the Vikings seriously last year.
0: Yeah, they're the only team since in pro football since 1933, uh, per Adam Schefter, when the stats were put in, uh, to be outgained in every game through nine games and have a winning record ever,
1: insane. ever insane.
0: Yeah. So the Steelers. It's not that they should be taken seriously or not, probably not, but this is who the Steelers are. They're not going up or down. This isn't a regression thing. This is a Steelers thing. I put together last week a list of the teams with winning records through pro football history with the worst point differentials for a season. And the Steelers in three seasons under offensive coordinator Matt Canada are on that list. Three times. Oh my god! The 2021 Steelers were went nine seven and one with a minus fifty five point differential. The 2022 Steelers went nine and eight with a minus thirty eight point differential, and this six and three Steelers team has a minus twenty six point differential. All three winning seasons all three with negative point differentials over 100 over 100 points behind total in those three seasons there are currently 13 teams kyle uh and we're we're shooting this before midnight football so the broncos are in there with a point differential of minus 26 or lower the steelers are the only one with a winning record so the steelers aren't setting themselves up for any kind of regression in 2024 they are simply showing who they are and for whatever the hell reason who they want to be uh, far be it for me to tell Mike Tomlin what to do when it comes to football or anything else, because he's 10 million times cooler than I'll ever be. But coach might be time to put uh, a little less pressure on your defense. I'm just saying.
1: I think the, my, my fascination here is kind of the narrative of it is mm-hmm. it's like, watch out for the Steelers. Nobody wants to play the Steelers. I heard Sean O'Hara say that this morning on good morning football is Steelers the type of, are the type of team that nobody wants to play. And last year it was, Hey, the Vikings aren't going to get out of the first round and nobody ever took them seriously. Right. And I think this comes down to track records of the key players or key people involved. And it's Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins is perennially known as a loser. And Mike Tomlin is known as a perennial winner. And I mean, rightly Mm -hmm. so, he's never had a losing record. And I think there's also something to the, the, the way they've gone about their winning. And the Steelers just kind of have a proven track record of being able to get behind a defense and ride a dominant defense to to wins and and Super Bowls. And then you have the Vikings, who have never won a title, and everybody's just kind of waiting for the second shoe to drop with with Kirk Cousins. So I think that's the reason for the difference in in the narratives around each around each team, or the difference in the in the discussion around each team. But with the Steelers and taking them seriously this year, I don't think you can take any team seriously that has Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Like he's just not, he's,
0: he's not. I, I, a calling play. You see a spree chart from Sunday. It's a, nothing over the nothing over the middle of the field. It's a joke. Nothing Left, right. Boom.
1: It's a joke. It's 2023 and you can't utilize the middle of the field. Like that's just, I, I don't know how you're not firing that offensive play caller immediately. But it's it's that it's the play calling. It's Kenny Pickett isn't isn't very good at football. And I have I have a hard time right now seeing a guy like Brock Purdy going in and beating one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. And then you go look at the AFC gauntlet that Kenny Pickett and the Steelers might have to go through. I don't Mm. I don't think you can really take them super seriously as a as a contender, despite their their very strong record.
0: Well, they've just decided to be uh, swamp fighters. They will they will pull you into the muck that they're in and just, you know, <laughs> drag your face around and hope you run out of oxygen before they do. There's nothing glamorous about it. It's not particularly interesting to watch. Um, they'll probably have another, you know, early playoff exit and we'll be ask, asking the same questions all over again when they go, you know, 10 and 7 next year with a negative 55 point differential and just, you know. Groundhog game. Yes,
1: this is this is who the Steelers are.
0: All right, this is who they want to be for whatever reason. This, and I know defensive-minded coaches and Tomlin is one usually prefer their offenses to be conservative and mistake-proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers' offense is conservative and is far from mistake-proof, and that's <laughs> one of your problems right there.
1: <laughs> They're conservative and also bad. No, uh, yes, conservative and very bad. Let let's let's jump to second down and Doug. We got to talk about the Lions. So, yes, we do. Man. 41-38 over the Chargers on Sunday. Best game of the weekend and just a just a rocking good time to watch. The Lions mm. are now 7-2 and two after that yep. victory. They're tied with the Chiefs for the second best record in the NFL behind the 8-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. And if the regular season ended today, it doesn't. But if it did, uh, they'd be the NFC's number two seed behind those very Philadelphia Eagles that I just mentioned. So yes. uh, last season, Dan Campbell's team was that great story plucky underdog lions who knocked the Packers out of the playoffs and it's all dog around this mug. And we heard, you know, we, we saw it, we rooted for it. We loved it. And it was a nice story, but I think now it might be time to, to take the lions out of that plucky, spunky underdog role and, and put them into the legit super bowl contender conversation. What say you?
0: Yeah, the Lions are absolutely as good as any team in the NFL right now, week, week to week, game yeah. to game situations. There are no more disclaimers. It's not like – because last year it was, well, you'll probably beat them, but, boy, it's just going to suck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the ugliest loss of your season. Uh, but the Lions this year ranked fourth overall in DVOA, um, fifth in offensive DVOA, I believe ninth in defensive DVOA, 11th in special teams DVOA. Their offense is built around a top-tier offensive line and one of the NFL's best and most multiple run games – We saw that when David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs ran all over the Chargers. Yes, I know everyone runs all over the Chargers, but it was still impressive. (laughs) I was going to say it. Jared Goff is playing the best ball of his career. He's no longer entirely beholden to a scheme, although OC Ben Johnson is dialing up as well as anyone in the league. Their defense can be a bit vulnerable from week to week. I'd like to see a little more match, a little less zone. But in a short tournament, if these guys are on, I'm not sure any other team should be guaranteed to beat them. And... You know, Dan Campbell is just loose as heck right now. I, I believe they went for it on fourth down five times uh, against the Chargers. Made four of them. Just, they just—they don't care, man. They're—they're they're playing with house money and they know it.
1: The Lions are just good as hell. Like they're just really yep. good. You talked about this with the Ravens last week. It's really hard to find ways that you can just poke holes in what they've done so far. And I know the—I
0: the... think their secondary could be a problem in the playoffs. But other than that, you're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. They're they're definitely not perfect. I'm not sure any team in the NFL this year necessarily is, but I don't. There's no reason, especially in the NFC right now, because of what I just said. There's not any, you know, team that you look at and you go, "Oh, that team's definitely flawless." Say, to pencil them in to the Super Bowl. Right. I don't see a path that I don't like for the Lions where I would go into a game going, "Okay, well they they can't win this one." If they went into Philly or into San Francisco, if if that winds up being the case, would you be shocked if they went in and won either of those games? I wouldn't. No. So I, I I again we have to see how their defense ultimately holds up. They they still gave up 38 to the Chargers. That's not awesome. But um man, Ben Johnson is gonna be the hottest commodity in the in in the coaching searches this offseason, right?
0: He's the guy who will be able to pick his uh suitor.
1: Yeah. I thought the,
0: this is the situation for me, I, you know, I've got five offers and whatever
1: the, the touchdown pass to right on the third and one mm-hmm. that little just pop pass over the middle. A that was a sick throw by Jared Goff, but then just an unbelievable play call in that spot in a 31, yeah. 24 or excuse me, a 31, 31 game at that point. You are getting mid fourth quarter, you got third and one. I think most coaches in the league are trying to get that yard and and live to play another down. To take a shot at the end zone, there was was awesome. The Lions are super fun; they're a legit Super Bowl contender, and I I hope I get to continue talking about them because it feels like every time this year I've been like, "Yep, that that's a team. That team can play." They lose the next week, so
0: okay, Lions fans, yeah. you know where to direct your ire. Uh, yeah, the and I've been panning this drum all year. Their run game is so it's, and you know it's so good. You're in the Bay Area. You know the benefits of a multiple run game, mm-hmm. um, as as multiple as any, and their offensive line is so good. Oh my gosh, Penny Sewell was blocking two and three guys and just handling everyone. Like mm-hmm. he, he, uh, he had one of those. Uh, I took all my vitamins this morning, games. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they they can, they can do a shootout as he did with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. If you want to go fourteen to ten and and do those gutter fights, they're perfectly fine with that too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right third down here. Speaking of last year's Lions, uh, we've talked quite a bit about the 2023 Houston Texans as as that team this season. That kind of plucky underdog. They're going to win some games. They're also going to lose some games like Atlanta and, and Carolina. But it's going to be tough. And even if you beat them, it's not going to be an awesome time. But yeah. very quietly now, they've won five of their last seven after an 0-2 start. And C.J. Stroud, lock it up. Put the name on, on put his name on the Offensive Player of the Year Award, or Offensive Rookie of the Year Award, excuse me. Yeah, we can do that it's now. It's his. Yep, just just mark it down. It's over. But now he kind of looks like an MVP candidate. And when you start rolling through the numbers and you start rolling through various arguments, it's, it's really tough to, to just deny that C.J. Stroud is at the very least in the mix for this award. So... Are the five and four Texans, Doug, the kind of team that could shock the world and go deep into the playoffs one year after a 313 and one disaster?
0: Well, between Straub and Miko Ryan's defense, it's pulling it together and an absolutely horrid AFC South. Boy, I'd say you should look at the Texans as as the object that is closer than it appears in your rear view mirror. Does that mean a Super Bowl worth the season? Probably not, although I wouldn't count them out entirely. But NFL you better get ready for a Texans team over the next few seasons the likes of which we have not seen before. Uh, this is Monday afternoon I did some tape work on the Texans a lot of it today. Trying to analyze the overall makeup of the team without Stroud as a primary component. I did as much as I could to take him out of the equation because I wanted to see what else was there and you sure. can't do that entirely because he's your quarterback. But, again, I'm here to tell you, this team has talent all over the roster, even if people don't yet know who most of these guys are. Mm-hmm. Running backs Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary make up a nice one-two punch. By the way, Buffalo Bills, who are playing tonight, uh, how come Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are all of a sudden really good now that they're not in Buffalo? Wild. I don't want to ask you that question. Uh, the Texans have several receivers who can beat defenses up, especially in the deep passing game. The offensive line has been automatic since Larry Matencil came back in week five from a knee injury. Jonathan Greenard might be the NFL's most underrated edge rusher. He has eight sacks. They have two interior defense linemen in Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins. I mean, right now Will Anderson Jr., the third overall pick in this draft, might be their fourth best pass rusher. And he's having a good year. Yeah, and yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not yeah. a it's not to degree him. It's every you know, Greenard is and Greenard had eight sacks a couple of years ago. He's got eight sacks already. Man, uh, they have all kinds of hidden talent at linebacker and defensive back. This is not a case of a team being pulled out of mediocrity by its quarterback, although we all know how great Stroud is. And Kyle, if you look at the AFC right now, I mean, we talk about, yeah, it's stacked, but how many teams can you say are unequivocally better than the Texans over the last month or so? Chiefs and Ravens? Yes. Mm-hmm. Bengals? Well, Houston just beat them. Dolphins? You look at the splits of success between winning and losing teams. You have to respect the fact that the Texans have played a tougher schedule, and it's about to get easier. They close with the Cardinals, Jaguars, Broncos, Jets, Titans, and Colts. D'Amico Ryans and GM Nick Casario have done an amazing, unheralded job taking a bunch of quote-unquote no-names, and I'm not calling them that, but that's you know public perception. Turning them into an integrated team capable of championship football right now. I'm not saying that's going to happen every week, and I think – next year it's going to be even more ridiculous but i don't know man you, you see those teams where they start to the light start to shine on them and you're like uh we might have something here and it may be yes they're this year's they're this year's last year's lions but they mm-hmm. might wind up looking a year ahead
1: yeah i don't want to i don't want to crown the texans too early here because they very recently lost to carolina and right. like I said earlier, they they lost to a team like Atlanta, who's not necessarily bad. But uh, if you're going to talk about a team that's contending for a championship or whatever, or making a deep playoff run, Atlanta's a team you probably got to beat. But I don't love Houston's first round matchup. If that, like if if they're number if they're the number seven seed and they're going to Kansas City or Baltimore in round one, I don't I don't love that for them. But if they're going to Miami or they're going to like Jacksonville, like <laughs> why not? Demico Demi, yeah. Ryan's in a in a one off against Miami. You think he can't game plan for them? Go look at Niners Dolphins last year. I Understand mm-hmm. it's a different version of the of of the Dolphins, especially with Devon Achan in the mix. But I, he he shut down a Dolphins offense that that to that point was was rolling through the league. So mm-hmm. I, I I would love their matchup against either of those teams. And then you know you win one playoff game and you move on to the next one, and and who knows what the matchup looks like, but. I think they could win a playoff game for sure, but like go in and make a deep run. I'm not ready to necessarily go that far. And honestly, I'm not ready to pencil them in for a playoff spot either because they did just lose to Carolina. I know it was Thursday night football, but things get things get weird down the stretch of a year. You get into a second half of a rookie quarterback's rookie season. Uh, there's more tape on him. There's more tape on this offense as a whole. It's Bobby Slowick's first time as an offensive coordinator. He's going to have to make adjustments on the fly in season. And maybe they do all those things and maybe everything works out and they go 11 and six and they, they go to the playoffs and they, and they, and they're, they're not, maybe not favored in round one, but people like them as the, as the sexy upset pick in round one. I, I that's definitely on the table, but I'm going to stop short of saying they're going to make a deep playoff run in, in 2023 at least, but it's definitely coming.
0: I'm saying it's possible. And the thing now you bring Stroud back into the equation, the way he's played lately. Yeah. I mean, it,
1: he's so freaking good, dude.
0: It's not out of the realm of possibility to have that Joe Flacco 2012 postseason mm. where he throws 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's holding the trophy. And you're like, what? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what how, I'm just saying he's that good. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. I, I will work. No,
1: man. He's that good. It's, it's so nuts and I think I said this on on this show last week, but how he just took that Georgia game at Ohio State and has just translated it to the NFL.
0: Yeah. Although I said on the exit of the Greg Cosell last week, if you were not convinced that he could do that before the Georgia game, I maintain that all you watched was the Georgia game. He did a lot of stuff outside the pocket last year. Sure. So, but yeah, the point, for me. the point is solid.
1: All right. Fourth down. Got to close it like we always do, Doug. Worst of the week. It's not officiating.
0: Although the backward pass thing in uh, Packers Steelers, was how do you really bad. Dude, it, they, they and then Gene th- Sterretts were like tweeting for 25 minutes trying to explain it. Nope,
1: it's like, nope. No. That was a backwards pass. Doc, they've done that multiple times this year, where there's been a yeah. clear backward pass not called. Anyways, it's not about officiating. You go.
0: Yeah. What did Einstein once say? Uh, if you have to explain something to that degree, you really don't understand it. So uh, I'm I'm actually going to your backyard for this one. Pretty much everything about 49ers quarterback Ambry Thomas's fumble recovery touchdown that wasn't against the Jaguars, it was eventually taken off the board. Not that it mattered in the end as San Francisco completely demolished the Jaguars 34-3 on Sunday, but this play made no sense in about five different directions. You know what I'm talking about. 5 down yeah. left in the third quarter. Ambry Thomas strips the ball from uh, Jaguars receiver Christian Kirk, and he seems to return the fumble 92 yards for a very impressive touchdown. Sure. Now, let's start with the fact that there were four Jaguars players, Kirk, running back Travis Etienne, tacker Walker Little, and center Luke Fortner, within two yards of Thomas when he was down, and not a single one of them touched him down. They're, none of those guys are going to like film day today.
1: Insane. Uh,
0: Thomas got up and started running. Problem was, two 49ers rookies, Dee Williams and Jair Brown, decided to celebrate on the field while Thomas was still running. As far as I know, you can't have 13 defensive players on the field at any one time. Hmm. So there was that touchdown out the window. When you look at the All-22, which I did this morning, there were like five extra 49ers on the field at once. I think Kyle Shanahan admitted that he was on the field at one point because he he thought the play was way
1: out there. Yeah.
0: And I know that defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes moved from the booth to the sideline last week to impart more of his wisdom to what was a struggling defense. So there's your last Lance set level <laughs> ironic moment in the NFL last week. Uh, they needed at least five new get-that guys because that whole thing was just preposterous.
1: So Shanahan said after the game he was able to make a joke about how they did that on purpose so the offense could go score a touchdown, and they did seven plays, 81 yards. And it's yep. much ado about nothing in a thirty-four to three win. But Shanahan said that because there were four Jags around, they thought they figured he got touched down. Right. And so everybody was going out onto the field to celebrate and congratulate their guy, and then all of a sudden Shanahan said that they see people running toward them, and they all clear out. It was the right call yeah. that that the officials made because you can't. I mean, you just can't do that. You can't have
0: four Jags guys on the field looking for, looking for birds or yeah. I don't know what. Touch the guy. If it, yeah. You're not gonna get and maybe they were afraid that if they touched him, he, they'd be called for unnecessary roughness. Mm, Who knows? But, maybe that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah. No,
0: it's it. That was, that was, I think, I think the Jaguar was not like the standing there. I think that was the worst part of the play.
1: Yeah. I, I took, and not one person, just like you said, just reach down and, and just, just tap. Just, boop, Just, it's, it, it, the guys do it all the time. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird play. And the officials got it right. Shout out to them. Um, my worst of the week was whatever the there was a football game in Frankfurt, Germany. Was there not?
0: I wouldn't call it that. I there were a bunch of guys in pads running around. Okay, I don't know if it was a football game per se.
1: So I'm yikes, that that game in general was really bad. But my worst of the week specifically is Mac Jones, and maybe it's not Mac Jones himself. But the handling of Mac Jones by the Patriots, you see him getting into it with Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator on the sideline, and then they pull him out of the game with like just under two minutes left and a chance to go for a game-winning drive. They put in Bailey Zappi, and that obviously winds up going horribly. I don't understand what New England was doing. I don't, I don't understand the management of Mac Jones. I, I honestly, frankly, just don't understand the play of Mac Jones in general. He's been awful and done nothing well, but Well, he just
0: threw one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see into triple coverage. That's one of the reasons they yanked
1: him. Sure. But if that's what it took to convince you that Mac Jones stinks, I don't, I, That's that's a whole other, that's a whole other issue. So, I think this is the third time they've benched him for Zappy this season. Yeah. Like, this is not, this is not new. This is the first time, this is the first time that I, obviously the, the Patriots haven't been perfect over the last, you know, few years, really since I, I mean, the year, Brady's last year there wasn't awesome. And then in the years since, you've just kind of seen it sliding a little bit. But I've kept working under the assumption that Bill, that Bill Belichick was going to figure it out. Like, okay, he'll write the ship eventually. He'll write the ship. Well, now they're two and eight. And their quarterback situation is an absolute mess. And it's the first time that I'm looking at the Patriots and I'm going, wow, I don't think Bill Belichick is going to write this ship. I don't think he's got a handle on it. And no. I, I think, I, I don't know, that's a different situation because he's the greatest coach of all time. And I don't know exactly how the Patriots are going to want to handle that or how he's going to want to handle his exit. But if this was any other coach in the league, oh, gone. he would be gone. If not now, very, very soon.
0: Well, the worst, I mean, and this made worst of the week was Zappy's fake spike interception. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was Dan Marino in nineteen ninety four, which I, I mean, yeah. Uh, so that was bad too. I, I, you know, they're they're throwing stuff at the wall. They were throwing stuff at the wall, and they made Matt Patricia and Joe Judge yeah. the uh, co OCs last year. I think since Brady left, you know, that first Mac Jones season, he was. I mean, Mac Jones, I thought he had third round tape. I was. I wasn't shocked that he went in the first round because there was all stuff about how he sees defenses and he understands he's got above the neck. But, um, I found it like hysterical when people thought, oh, Kyle Shanahan's going to take him. Like, have you ever watched the 49ers offense with Kyle Shanahan (laughs) or the Falcons offense with Shanahan or the Browns offense or the Redskins or when it was the Redskins offense, this guy can't run boot. You cannot. You cannot not run boot in a Kyle Shanahan offense. That whole thing was RPO in a can in Alabama. Right. I mean, that's who he is. He's yep. just not an impressive guy. So, okay, you made a mistake. You're probably moving up. He'll probably be brought Purdy's backup next year and throw for like 40 oh God, touchdowns or something.
1: Um, don't put that evil on me, Doug. Okay. I do numbers but, at Niners Wire, though, so I guess maybe that's good.
0: It would do numbers at Niners were. Well, what uh, if the Forty
1: ers well. wind up trading the pick that they got for Trey Lance for Mac Jones?
0: There you go. <laughs> See, we're, we're spitballing on the air. This is a creative process, people. But no, yeah, the, the fake spike interception that Zappy uh, attempted was even worse. Bill O'Brien should yell at himself for that one.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what the hell is going on in New England, and that's the first time I've ever said uh, that about a Bill Belichick team. And that's why New yeah. England is my is my worst of the week. So. That's all I got for you, Doug. Thank you, everybody, for watching Four Down Territory. We will be doing this again next week, breaking down all of the Week Eleven action for you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of.
1: Uh